pillars. We take one step and then another and then another. That's the choice we've made because that's what it means to follow. No one can follow and stand still. Let's pray. God, I come to you this morning. I thank you that we can come into your house and we can worship you. God, I thank you for the privilege to uh, be able to preach your words. I pray that you would be glorified in this place today. God, I pray that you would just place in our heart a desire to follow you, to be led by you into the places, God, where there are lost souls. God, to be led into the, the tough places, dear Lord so that we can be a light for you, so that we can be a light to a world that needs to see it, God, so that we can be the workers that your word calls to go into the harvest, God. You have put before us so many lost souls, dear Lord, that you desire to, to hear the good news, to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, to see the light that he brings. And God, you call us to do that. So I pray, dear Lord, that we would follow you as you lead us to do your will. And I pray that you be with us in the next few minutes, dear Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 We are taking a little bit of a break this morning from the book of Revelation. We've, we've covered some hard stuff in the last few weeks, and so I thought it'd be a good couple of weeks for us to catch our breath with a Gideon speaker on the way next week. Uh, so we are going to be in Luke chapter 10, verse 2. We're going to be in a lot of scriptures today, but you can... Uh, turn to that one if you would like. Tonight, the title of today's uh, sermon is Into the Harvest. Into the Harvest. Uh, 
there was a seed of an idea, if you can call it that, that God kind of placed into my heart a few months ago. Uh, through some scripture and through some things I'd begin to think about, and I kind of prayed about it and kind of lollygagged and thought, you know, about some things, and kind of I kind of pushed them off. It just didn't seem like the time was right. And uh, but in the last few weeks, God has kind of begun to uh, bring those things back to my to my heart, to my mind. Um, last week we were we were we were reading in the Book of Matthew, and we began to read. A text that's pretty much the same as this one we're going to read today about going into the harvest. And God uh, kind of reignited into my heart that, that this is the time that we should uh, follow through uh, with some things. Um, so what I ask is that you guys at Enterprise Baptist Church uh, be praying over the next few weeks because I believe that God has prepared and been preparing us. And I believe that we as a church, it is time for us to go into the harvest. It is time for us to begin to, uh, to reach out to people uh, in this community, in this area, uh, in a more, more forceful way. Maybe that's not the right word, but to, uh, but to be more intentional about going out into the harvest. Not just to invite people to church, but to invite people to Jesus. We want them to come to church, but we want people to, to come to Jesus. And as we begin to read the text last week in Sunday school, uh, and we begin to talk, and people begin to talk about uh, their desires and kind of their convictions, I begin to see that God was dealing with some other people in some of those, some of those same areas. There was a sense of excitement. And so, uh, Lord willing, through prayer, we will in the next few weeks begin a new ministry, which will lead us into the harvest that God has placed just in this community. And who knows um, how far that will go. We're going to be in Luke chapter 10, verse 2 today. Just one short verse. If you've got your Bible, you can, you can follow along. This is Jesus talking here. He told them, The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Let's pray that Lord of the harvest right now. Let's pray again. God, we come to you and I pray that you'd prepare us, dear Lord. God, I pray that your word would speak to us in a mighty way today. I pray that you would show us where the harvest is. God, it's all around. Sometimes we miss it. But I pray that you help us to see it. I pray that you help us to be ready. And I pray that you help us to go. I pray that you go before us, dear Lord, so that we can see souls come to Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. The Bible tells us that the harvest is, is plentiful. The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. God has prepared a harvest in this world, a harvest of people who are, who are seeking something, who are seeking hope, but who don't see it. Because there are many people in this world who are living in darkness. Now, we know through Scripture that, that many times uh, we see uh, darkness as referred to as the power of Satan and light uh, referred to as the Lord. Acts chapter um, 26, verse 18. To open their eyes so that they may turn from the darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That by faith in me they may receive right, uh, forgiveness of sins and a share among those who are sanctified. You see, we live in a world uh, that's living in darkness. 
Satan has, has done a good job of deceiving people. Satan has done a good job of, of turning out the light, so to speak. And people are living in darkness. They are unaware of, of the sinfulness that they're living in. They're unaware of the things that are going on. They're unaware of God's Word. They've never heard God's Word. They've never heard of Jesus Christ. And that's hard for us to believe, especially a lot of us have grown up in church and we, we've known about Jesus since we was knee-high to a grasshopper. We know about God's Word. We know lots of stories in the Bible. We got three or four Bibles sitting in our home. And it's hard for us to fathom that there are people in this world that have never heard the name of Jesus, but I guarantee you there are. And as hard as it may be for us to believe, there are people right in this community that I would be willing to bet have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. That don't have a Bible in their home. That's hard for us to comprehend. We think, now, California, them crazy people, them heathens over there, they probably hadn't. But there are people right here in Amet County that I believe have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. They've never heard the good news. They're living in darkness. They're living in the deception that the devil has put in their way. But praise the Lord that we have light. Our only defense against the darkness is the light. If you've ever been outside at night, if you've ever tried to walk around in the dark, it's tough. Especially if the moon's not bright, you can't see very much, it's dark outside. But all you need is a little light. It makes everything better. The darkness is a scary place. I remember when I was a kid, I used to have to sleep with a nightlight. Some of you guys may know what I'm talking about. It's scary. Things are good when it's light, when it's, when it's bright, when you can see everything that's before you. But it, when it begins to get dark, when the sun begins to go down, it can be kind of scary. After all, many predators, that's when they hunt, is at night. They use the cover of night to go and seek out their prey that they desire to devour. It is at night when the lights go out and we begin to sit in the dark and we're laying in our bed that our, our minds begin to go in a million different directions. When we get still and quiet. So sometimes the dark can be a scary place for us. <coughs> but our solution for the dark is a light. We use a flashlight. Where there's any presence of light, the darkness flees. The darkness disappears. And all it takes is a little bit of light to completely destroy the darkness. And that's how it is for us spiritually. That's how it is for us spiritually. Uh, we, uh, as humanity, we live in darkness. Apart from Jesus Christ, we live in darkness. We are surrounded by sinfulness. We are surrounded by all these things. And we don't even realize that they are sinful. We don't even realize just how horrible the mess is. We don't realize how, darkness the darkness, how dark the darkness is until we see the light. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 13. You can flip there if you like. If not, you don't have to. You can listen up. I'll actually start in verse 11, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. Everything exposed by the light is made clear. For what makes everything clear is light. Therefore it is said, get up, sleeper, and rise up from the dead, 
and the Messiah will shine on you. Everything exposed to the light is made clear. When we are exposed to the light of Jesus Christ, everything is made clear to us. We can see our sinfulness. We can see the darkness that surrounds us. We can see just how bad of a shape we are in. The Bible would say that we are spiritually dead. We are spiritually asleep. But when we see that light, when we see the light of Jesus Christ, we are awakened. Let me tell you a good little story. I bet you guys didn't know that I was married to a superhuman. Bet you didn't know that a superhuman lived in my home. You didn't know that. I didn't either until I married her. I'm going to tell you. Let me give you a couple. Let me tell you why she's superhuman. Number one, she has superhuman hearing. I'm telling you, superhuman hearing. We'll wake in the middle of the night. She'll be like, what's that? And it's like a mouse in Africa chewing on a nut or something. I'm telling you, I don't even know what she's hearing. She can hear stuff, and it's like thousands of miles away. She's got superhuman hearing. Look, she had it yesterday. We was at her mom's house. We was doing some work, and Betty Grace was there. And she was being kind of pouty about something. And Michelle's mom said, you know, your wife used to be just like that when she was little. And I looked back at her, and I said, she's just like that when she's big. <laughs> well... That was all well and good. That was all well and good. Except she heard me say it. <laughs> I, I, I was in a bad mess. She heard me say that. I got I got in a little bit of trouble. I turned around and there she was looking at me. You guys know what I'm talking about. You've got that look. She's got superhuman hearing. But look, let me tell you what else she's got. Like her her sight, like her intuition to light is unbelievable. Now we got two big lights out here in the parking lot, and this light, a key beam shining through our windows at night. Didn't bother me. I can sleep with the with the with Q beam. I mean, I can sleep with it on. It don't bother me. I got married. Well, come to find out, she likes it dark. And I'm talking about like what you think is dark is not dark. Like think about the darkest you've ever been, and we need it like a thousand times deeper than that. So over the last year and a half, we've kind of tried our best to to block out the light. We got these 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 blackening curtains. And I wake up in the middle of the night, and I can't see. I think I'm going blind. It's so dark in there. And she's like, it's so bright in here. It's so bright in here. I'm going to get in trouble after church. <laughs> she's like, it's so bright in here. And look, the other day, she was sleeping good. I went in there, and I said, you sleep good? She said, yeah, I slept good. She said, I slept good until the light started coming in. She was in the middle of a dead sleep in complete darkness. But as soon as the sun began to arise, even that little amount of light that came into the room, it was enough to awaken her from her sleep. And that's what it's like for Jesus Christ. For those who are apart from Jesus Christ, it's like being at my house at night. It is completely dark. People are stumbling around. They're stumping their toes on the wall. They're angry. They're hurting. They can't sleep good. They can't see nothing. They don't know what's going on. They don't know if they're going in the bathroom or the kitchen of life. They don't know what's going on. They're living in spiritual darkness. But it doesn't take much light for them to be awakened. It doesn't take much light. And instantly everything is illuminated. Instantly they can see everything that's around them. When we see Jesus Christ and the light that he brings, and it's only through him that there is light, when we see him, everything around us is exposed. It kind of burns a little bit. 
I think about vampires. Anybody ever watched a vampire movie? You know, vampires like it at night, and then as soon as they get hit by the sun, they start melting. That's kind of what it's like for us. When we first read the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we're exposed, first exposed to the light of Jesus Christ, it burns. Because we begin to see things in our life that we don't like. We begin to see that we're a little judgmental. We begin to see that we haven't had mercy on people. We begin to see that the words that we're saying might not be very nice things. We begin to say that the music we're listening to isn't very good music. We begin to see that the shows we watch aren't very good shows. We begin to see that the way we treat our spouses isn't the right way to treat our spouse. We begin to see all these things in our life that had previously been covered up by Satan. The one who is darkness. And that's what the devil does in the world. The devil wants people to live in that darkness. He wants people to live in that sin and he tells them it's okay. It's okay, you're doing good. Just keep living life the way you want to. But Jesus tells us different. God's word tells us different. And when we begin to read God's Word and we begin to see what Jesus Christ said and we begin to see uh, what He did, we begin to get convicted. We begin to see just how needy we are for a Savior. The Bible tells us, church, that we are the light. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says that we are the light. That is, those who have accepted Him. That is, those who have accepted Jesus Christ, we are the light because we have seen the light. We reflect that light that Jesus Christ has to a world that needs to see it. We don't have the power on our own. We don't have the power to save anyone. We don't have the power to forgive anyone's sins. But we know the one who does. We know the source of light. We're kind of like the moon. We just reflect the light back. See, the sun, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is like the sun in the sky, the S-U-N. S-O-N is like the S-U-N. And we are like the moon, and we reflect that, that sun. We reflect that light to a world that needs to see it. We reflect that light through our actions. The way we treat people. The things we say. Our attitude. And telling people. Just outright telling them, look, do you know about Jesus? Have you ever heard about Jesus? I want to tell you about him. I want to tell you that he loves you. I want to tell you that he died for you. I want to tell you that he's here to forgive your sins. That's tough to do. It's tough. I'm a preacher. I wish I could say that I was like the best, like going out and witnessing to people in the world, but it's tough. It's, it's, it's even scary for me. So it's a tough thing. It's not always an easy thing. But it's the thing that we're called to. As Christians, it's what we're called to. It's what I'm called to, not as a preacher, but as a Christian. It's what you're called to as a Christian. And that is to be a light to the world that needs to see it. If you want to flip with me to Matthew, you can. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. 
Jesus says that we are to be a light of the world so that people can see our good works. Not so they can say, look how good Enterprise Baptist Church is. But so they can see how good God is. So they can see the awesome and wonderful power and glory of the Lord. That is why we are called to do good works. So let us do our good works. Let us do what, call, what God has called us to do, but let us never do it for our own glory. But let us do it for the glory of God. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9, that we are a royal priesthood. We are the one... Let's read it. Let's read it. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. That's toward the back of your Bible. You don't have to flip there if you don't want to. I'll read it to you right quick. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the One who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. When we accept Jesus Christ, we have been called out of darkness into His marvelous light. And we are a royal priesthood. A chosen people, a holy nation. And God has chosen us to go into the world, to go into the wheat fields, to go into the harvest and gather those who He desires to have for His own. God has chosen us to be the workers. God says the harvest is abundant. And God says the workers are few. Let us not be found slack, church. Not a, let us not be found to be uh, the shameful son that Proverbs talks about. The one who is lazy when it is time to go out into the harvest. Let us not be found uh, guilty of not doing God's work when he returns. But let us be found as faithful workers fulfilling what God has called us to do. We are to be a light of the world. Are you shining your light? Are you reflecting uh, what, what Jesus Christ has done in your life? There is a world that needs to hear it. There is an Amen County that needs to hear it. And I believe that God has blessed us tremendously. I believe that God has blessed us with a group of people, with a heart for people. And I believe that God uses us in so many ways, and to Him be the glory for that. But I believe that God is calling us, church. I believe that God is calling us to put our feet to the ground. I believe that God is calling us to go to a lost and dying world that's living in darkness. I believe that God is calling us to stop and knock on every door and to go to the places where nobody else will go. To go to the worst and the worst and the poor and the needy and those who are living in the deepest darkness that I believe God is calling us to go to those people and go to those places and share the light. And it's not always going to be easy. We're not always going to be met with a warm welcome. There will be much opposition. There will be much hard times. But I guarantee you this, Jesus will be with us. Jesus says that we are going out uh, uh, like, like uh, uh, sheep among wolves. It's a dangerous world out there. It's a dark world. 
And we can't expect people to act any different than that because they don't know any different. They don't know the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't know God's word. But by the grace of God, we can share it with them. We can tell them the good news. We can expose some light in their life and say, look, we want to show you the way. And we do that through Jesus Christ. The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. This is God's harvest that God has prepared for us and God has called us to. We start by seeking God's word. We start by praying to him that he prepare our heart and he prepares the hearts of those that we will go out and minister to. And let us go and bring God's harvest into him. Let us snatch the harvest out of the hands of the devil. Because those that aren't harvested, those souls who have not accepted Jesus Christ and aren't harvested, when he returns, will be burned up. We talked last week in the book of Revelation that, look, it's going to be some hard times at the end. And we all know people that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That should motivate us, church, to go to those fields and to share that gospel. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I come to you this morning. I thank you for your words. God, I thank you that you've given us a light. I thank you that you didn't just abandon us here to the devil, to leave us in darkness, God. But that through Jesus Christ, we can see we can know that He is the light of the world, dear Lord. So we thank You for that. I thank You for Your grace, God. I thank You for Your mercy. God, I thank You for revealing our sin to us. God, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would convict. God, that even this morning You would shine some light into those dark places of our hearts, God, where we're hiding some sin. And God, it's going to hurt. But God, help us to seek you. Help us to turn from those ways, God. Help us to expose everything evil to, that we have in us, God, to give it to you to repent so that it can be made light. God, I pray that there is one in this room that has not accepted Jesus Christ, that they would do so today. Maybe there are some in this room who have been living with the blinders on, God, that's been living in darkness. But God, I pray today that through your word that Jesus Christ has been heard. That there's just a little light that's squeezed into their heart, God. That they see the horror of the darkness. And they see the need for the light. So God, I pray that we would seek you today. God, I pray that you would, you would bless us, God, in, in future ministries. That you'd prepare a path for us to go down. That we would walk down that path, God. And anyone we encounter that you put in our way, that we would share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. So God, I pray that you would have us ready. That when we leave this place today, God, that we would be ready to go into your harvest and do your work. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.